Hey, welcome to Old Ass Movie Reviews. It is Thursday, September 2nd. Is it already? Second. The second? Yeah. second. Holy cow, man. Year's already going by. Um, oh, crazy. We have, uh, we're going back to a classic this week with uh, Humphrey Bogart and the Maltese Falcon. But uh, first, a little maintenance on uh, the website and what's going on. Um, thank you to all of our listeners for getting us close to 1,100 listeners since we started, or downloads, I should say. Um, I know it's not concurrent, but thank you for giving us a try. And yep. if you do like us, share us, send us an email. Hell, just send an email to say hi. Um, yeah. let us know you're listening let us know you hated the show let us know you love the show um just let, let us, us know a, you love the show i don't yeah leave us a rating um <laughs> tell us what you'd like to see if you enjoy hearing us um or what you like what you dislike uh what what would you rather what would you like mm-hmm. what would make our podcast better for you basically um just hit us up uh and you it's uh, oa movie reviews at gmail.com uh links are always on the podcast and on YouTube and Instagram and uh, Facebook at OAMR, hashtag OAMR, Old Ass Movie Reviews, where you can listen to two old ass guys talk about old ass movies. <laughs> or we talk about old ass movies, and or I don't know. Either way, we're we, grumpy. We, we, we've started just talking about anything. <laughs> yes, pretty much, pretty much, pretty much. Um, you just want to hear us grumble? That's good. That's fine too. I'll yeah. grumble about anything. I, I, you know, we've actually had shows go so far off the rails that we haven't ever aired them. So one day we'll have a special <laughs> that <wrong>. is so <laughs> expletive filled and inappropriate that our <laughs> listeners will be in shock. Uh, that will be the last show. <laughs> the hidden, the hidden archives of old ass movie reviews. Um, I do have it labeled on my computer. Scott and Dave go off the fucking rails. <laughs> <laughs> And you've never showed the one we re-recorded. <laughs> yeah, we did, you didn't never, we? No, you never re- I, I, I You're right, I have not. You were like, I yeah, not. I'm going to do that this week. <laughs> I still have it. We do owe you a Charlie Chan review, um, and it's a good one. Um, it is. So I, I will probably try and just drop that, uh, just a stealth drop sometime during <sighs> one of the upcoming weeks. Yeah. Stealth drop. That's what I do at work sometimes, just a little stealth drop, and people wonder what came on. But uh, so when, when somebody walks behind you, hey, they got the a mask, they got that? a mask on. Yeah. No, 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 got a mask on. You can't see me. <laughs> you can't tell who I am. <laughs> and don't don't forget, folks, hit the thumbs up, hit like, yes. hit follow, leave us a review, leave us a comment. Then you know, just hang out, chat. We're, we're friendly enough. I mean, hey. As long as you don't insult our, our our mothers or anything, we're okay. <laughs> you know, you can, ins- you can insult mine. Oh, stop it! <laughs> Just stop. Um, hey, you yes. told me you you were watching something recently. Um, oh, oh, well, that you wanted to talk about it. It's not that I was watching it. It mm. was more in terms of we we were we were talking about uh one a movie um. um forgot what the hell movie we were talking about suicide squad and yeah. i was saying how, we were just talking about the writing of suicide squad um to counterpoint that i watched downton abbey i haven't mm-hmm. seen every episode of it because I, I usually walk in when the wife uh the first time around i'd walk in she's halfway in, in a show i'd sit down and go 
okay, who's that? Who's that? Who's this? Who's this? Like, she, shut up. Yeah, she spent like the first five minutes of me being in the room explaining who all the characters were. And I'm like, okay, got it. I'd miss an episode or two, and then I come back and go, who, who, why is this? Why, what? who's she dating now? It's like, you missed it. He's, he's dead. <laughs> you know? This happened, this happened, and this happened. But um, there is a character in Downton Abbey, and this, the, uh, the writer, whose name has completely escaped me just now for no reason, um, he, he's taken this one character that, from the first episode, yeah, you just really dislike the guy. And then you grow to really despise the guy. Oh, so it's going then that you way. you get to a point where you freaking hate this guy. You're like, God, I wish he would kill this guy off. I really <laughs> hate that guy. What a, oh, just die already. And then all of a sudden, he starts making you feel for this character. He starts making you care about this character. He makes you, by the end of the series, be happy for this character. And in the That's next, in the first movie, I haven't seen that. I don't know when they're releasing the second Downton Abbey movie. But in the movie, you're really rooting for this guy. And I, I sat there and we were talking and I, and I said to her, look, I've never seen anybody do that except in the british empire it's a, another bbc movie um or television series not a movie mm -hmm. um and the character in that i don't know who the writer was of that show of the british empire but the character just starts out it's a comedy but you hate the guy i mean there's nothing <laughs> likable about this guy and by the time you get to the last last episode your heart is breaking for this guy. You just want to see him succeed so bad, finally. And you, you, you just find yourself rooting for the guy. It's all in the writing. And, yeah. and I want to literally just start seeing if I can find these scripts anywhere and just Probably look can. and see like, if, if I can pick up anything other than just watching the show. And I know a lot of it is the actors and the actresses. But they had to have a source material. They had to have some point to go. Exactly. The source material that this man writes is unbelievable. It's just, I'm telling you, if you haven't watched it, Scott, or anyone out there that's listening, watch Downton Abbey if you want to see good storytelling. And I know you. A lot of people look at that and go, "Oh, it's melodrama. It's British." I'm all for. I love it's, drama. Oh I love God. soap operas. I'm but good. they do have a lot of funny moments in it. There are moments that are just like, oh, "That's pretty freaking good." Yeah. But the the characterization of each character and how different they all are is just amazing to me. Um, the, the guy is just incredible, and for the life of me, I can't think of his name. And I'm going to look you, it up. Well, you pick up yeah look at it um, no. well when, when you mentioned that um there's there's a show that i absolutely loved and I, what i've uh -huh. found on the internet a lot of things are love hate either people love yeah. it or they hate it and they shit all yeah. over each other i don't care whether you like the show or not i absolutely love shit's creek uh produced right. by uh eugene levy um his son and daughter uh chris elliott funny as fuck show but these people are horrible they're rich they're self-centered they're narcissistic they are absolutely rude they're despicable they lose everything and they end up in this little tiny town and by the time the show ends you feel 
for them. You've, yeah. you've they've become friends. You've seen them grow and become good people, and you realize you were why they acted the way they did. I'm not excusing yeah. that shitty behavior, right. Right. but it's exactly it, it's that talent to make it's making it human, mm-hmm. making it so fucking real. And I love yeah. I love to have empathy for a bad character. Uh-huh. You make if you make me root for the bad guy, <laughs> you've acted and written that really well. You um, yeah, you've really accomplished something as a writer and as a creator. Yes. Um, the gentleman's name is Julian Fellows. I don't know why okay. I forgot it. Julian Fellows, he just rolls he off is, the tongue. Yes, he is just a fantastic, fantastic. I would love to meet that guy. I don't even know what I would say to him. I'd just be like, really love your show, shake the hand and walk Bye. away. Probably. <laughs> Bye. He'd be like, Who is that bloody man? Oh damn. Fucking yank. I thought he was going to ask me questions on how I could mentor him and being a better writer. But nope, he just walked away. <laughs> Damn it. That's my chance again. Silly yanks. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to give him a free ride on the whole me teaching him how to be a writer. Yeah. Um, I, I don't you know. Blew that, Dave. <laughs> I don't know if Julian Fellows actually talks like that. But uh, this show, he probably does. That, that The show is just fantastic. You said Shit's Creek is just fantastic. I love fucking Shit's Creek. Uh, what? I got nothing. I'm not oh. saving. Where's <laughs> the place I can go? I'm not. Ah, 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 there's a ah. there's a there's a joke there, and I, and I will share it. Um, <laughs> You're not gonna talk about your. No, no, I'm not. I'm not gonna talk about. No, the, but I was just thinking of Shit's Creek. There's a really funny part when that when Eugene Levy sees the billboard for the town. And it shows the town's founder. I forget his name, but his last name is Shit. And um, his wife has bent over a creek getting a bucket of water, but he's positioned right behind him like they're doing something besides she just bending <laughs> over. And and Eugene Levy's talking to the mayor, Roland Shit, who is Chris Elliott. Uh, <laughs> and he's saying, he's telling him, he's like, this is, this is so offensive. Look at this. He's, he's as with his wife right there. And he's like, right. no, 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 it's okay. It's not offensive because that's not his wife. That's his sister. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> Oh God. So it, it's a good one. I recommend that, but that's what, that's when you mentioned that arc, that was the last time I watched something where I just really hated people. And I was like, I don't yeah. know if I can get, I don't know if I can watch this show. And it's like, well, let me right. watch one more. And then I watched the entire series and that was, yeah. it. um, yeah. and that, that's how that shit happens. But, um, no, I, I will have it. to, I will have to check out Downton Abbey. A lot of people talk about it, how good it is. And it's just one of those. It's like, eh, I'll put it in my queue and my queue is a mile long. And, and it is, I, it, it's really one of those shows that I can only watch two or three episodes at a time. The wife can watch, she could probably turn it on in one day and then watch it all the way through to the end and not. Oh my like, God. <laughs> I, on the other hand, look at her and go, please, this is too much melodrama for me. I've melodrama right. it out. You need to lighten it up a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Can we, can we watch a comedy? Um, but there's just so much good writing and good story. I'm so happy that she turned me on to it because it is such just good everything. I mean, it, the beautiful place that they go to was a friend of Julian Fellow's. And I think I, I don't want to I don't want to get it wrong, but at some point he he was just thinking about Downton Abbey, writing a story. And when he was staying with them, he was like, "Hey, if I get this made, this is the perfect place to film it." And they're like, "Ha ha, 
sure, whatever. Yeah, if you get it made, you come back and see us, baby. We'll talk. A couple months later, a year later, I've forgotten how much time had passed. He comes back to him and goes, okay, we want to use your place. They're like, we, what, what, who? And in him going there and getting them to say yes has helped them fix the abbey, fix or not it's not really an abbey it's something else yeah but fix their their ancestral home the guy who lives there all the tapestries and stuff on the wall that's his family heirlooms that's that's all his stuff that's not that's not BBC coming in and setting anything up that's wow that's where the guy lived it's amazing and that he married an american i think if i remember oh, that's correctly. really cool and they have one horse like they they showed her out there taking care of the horse or maybe two but it's like yeah we got all these stables <laughs> like one horse yeah two horses one horse what that's actually like, really cool it's very interesting and it, that's one of those things that you watch on the all the extras mm-hmm. on the DVDs and stuff but it's pretty cool I mean he he knows the people who own the the Lord and Lady I forgot who they were what? but it's it's very nice very very neat cool. neat me if uh, I were them I'd be renting that out as a bed and breakfast and a heartbeat for americans because you know americans would be like yeah i'm gonna go over to down abbey i'm gonna look at this baby and they're like okay stop touching stuff stop touching everything it would happen would once be, before they ruined be, it for everybody that would no no that would be me i'd be like oh, i'm gonna touch this i'm gonna touch that okay because it's like don't don't go in this room whatever you do don't go here oh well, I'm gonna go in there. <laughs> That's how horror movies start. You can't tell me I'm America. Fuck yeah, <laughs> it's America. But uh, that—that's what's funny is this cat always yells at me because I'm always like, I see employees only. And I'm like, what's in there? She's like, Oh what my are god, you doing? you're like, the asshole that walks into the break room every day. <laughs> like, do not enter. Okay, tell me not to enter. That's how I got showed around an engine room on a uh, on a cruise line. Very nice. I just nice. walked in. I was like. Where does this door go? Walked in, walking down a freaking hallway in the middle of nowhere. Bump into a guy. He's like, what are you looking for? I said, I have no idea. I'm just walking around. Oh, <laughs> my guys, God. He just kind of looks at me and goes, follow me. I am not I, going I went, on a vacation with you. I went through the engine. This guy was much younger. Went through the engine room, getting stuff out. Look, he goes, is, is the, how, what do you think? I was like, well, this is really cool. I wasn't yeah. expecting this. I He's bet. probably just like, you know how many people I do this with? <laughs> people just Honestly, wandering around. probably none. It was huge, man. I, got, oh, yeah. I mostly just got lost. <laughs> the big boat. Very cool. Oh, well, I'll definitely check it out. Um, I, uh, I watched disney's cruella which came out on Friday. how did you like it i love it yeah i really liked it i'm glad i didn't pay 30 dollars for it but Me since too. i had disney it was it was really good it was a good origin story i'm not going to spoil it um because it was had a nice i'm not going to say a twist it's an overdone twist god right. damn it disney you don't have to kill a child's parents to have a fucking hero done oh Did she turn into Batman? No, she didn't. <laughs> yes, she did. Uh, really. Uh, but there, see, I'm on spoiler territory. <laughs> I see. Ah, so, look at but, you. Spoilers. Don't, don't ruin it, but I got it. I won't ruin it. Uh, but here, I, will, I will ruin this part. As an adoptee, 
I am so fucking sick of it being, oh, here's an adoption. This is your real mother. You, this person lied. This person, you know what? Write a fucking story. We're not here for your goddamn shit, Disney. Sorry, that's right. me on my soapbox. Just sick of seeing the same storyline. Look at Frozen. Oh, here's uh, Elsa and Anna. And well, the parents go off and they're dead. And they're, they're dead. And Bambi's parents dead and all of this. And it's like. The father was still alive. Yeah, he but you just, never see the distant. father's the father's not important. Um, Disney has a problem with that. They feel that the only way to get you to suck in and feel for their person is to put them through trauma right. and tragedy. You don't have to build a hero by beating them the fuck down. And that's that's my problem with it. However, I, the Cruella story is really good. I would think that depending on the character that you're building, depending on the hero you're mm -hmm. building is how you handle it. Disney, yes. I would agree, handles it the same way for everybody. Yep. Like, oh, well, we're just going to kill everybody in your family, but you'll be the last one alive. Well, that's not going to traumatize anybody. Well, no. we're going to kill your dog right in front of you, but you're going to love dogs. Well, that's not going to help me. <laughs> when, I don't, I find building. it cheap. I find it a yeah. way to pull heartstrings. Um, yeah, yeah. I would it was... <laughs> you 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 wanna i think it was i was in a screenwriting class with john snyder and he had mentioned you want to grab somebody's heartstrings you kill the dog you don't kill a person or anything you kill right. the dog right and it's like and he went on and i agree with this it's a cheap and lazy way to get a fucking reaction yeah. out of your audience absolutely absolutely yeah. don't so, don't think uh william goldman is good for pointing out things like that if, if yeah. you ever get a chance to read any william goldman uh, he's okay. the guy who wrote. He's the guy who wrote the Princess Bride. Okay. He wrote uh, um, uh, Butch and Sundance. Ah. Movie. Uh, and God, it's so much Both other stuff. Very good. I can't even yeah. think of it. But I just watched. It's funny. I, first, I'm sorry. I'm on a rant. No. <laughs> Go ahead. I just I just ranted at Disney. I, I just I just watched <laughs> the other night um, Princess Bride again, and I'm again, excellent. Movie. I'm watching this, and I'm like. This is so well done. It was his book. He wrote the book and then he turned it into a movie. Mm -hmm. And I'm just sitting there watching this movie like, oh, my God, this is such a good story from beginning to end. You love who you're supposed to love. You hate who you're supposed to hate. You root for who you're supposed to root for. And it's got the most fantastic sword fight bar none mm -hmm. in that movie. The, the take away all Jedi lightsaber crap take away every movie that ever had a sword fight up until this. And even I haven't seen one since it compares the fighters in that using their right and their left hand. And Damn. the stunts that they do in that back and forth is just amazing to me. And I know a lot of people look at it and go, it's not very long. It's not long, but it's that freaking, the guy, they're both fighting with swords. And the guys, I know a secret that you don't know. And he's like, what's that? I am not left-handed. I am right-handed. And he, you know, pulls the sword and they start fighting back and forth. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, Karen, Karen Hughes, Carrie Hughes, Carrie Hughes, yeah. Carrie Hughes is fight, still fighting with his left hand. He goes, well, I have a secret too. And he goes, what is that? I am also right-handed. <laughs> they, they switch and they start fighting again. And it's the two guys, it's Hankin right. and Hughes fighting both left-handed and right-handed. I can't imagine how difficult that was. That was. I cannot imagine how difficult that was. They made it look effortless. That, and that's what I tell Kat. I said, that 
that is the magic that mm -hmm. they make it look easy they make yeah. it look easy that's just that's amazing. just it and that that's the way it is when we watch these movies and you see an actor that just hits you it's like wow mm -hmm. you don't you don't see them as the actor anymore you see that character they have yeah. made it so fucking real and it's just something little and everything and that's what i'm going to jump back to cruella real quick without spoiling anything emma uh -huh. stone is absolutely marvelous in this movie um her her use her her ability to to convey emotion with so little movement and just a, a twinkle in the eye or anything right. um, was just amazing to watch and a joy. Um, overall, the movie is really good. It's it. I am. I jumped on the Cruella bandwagon as it rolled and really? became a big fan of hers um, because of the way they did it. Not the fact that we had to have trauma that just pisses me off, mm -hmm. but the way the character became by the end of the movie was was a really you really yeah. felt for and it wasn't it's almost like they're changing a little bit of how the ori original um 101 dalmatians and stuff like right. that. So this is this is a prequel to all well mm -hmm. kind of it's a mix of a prequel a new it's it's a weird blend like another um, universe kind of feel kind of but it's yeah. really good and I, I the main thing is the the dog actors um were great i know it's crazy to say <laughs> but when you can train a dog to do what they do it's it's right. it's, it's charming right. um but cool. emma stone um she just went way up in my books um nice. really really good so it's anybody with disney plus um take a take a chance on cruella um i really enjoyed it i love that disney is taking the time to go visit the villains and give them human stories um so cool. which is cool that, that works that's cool yeah. so anything else uh this week that you want to bring uh, up before we hit our review no, that was that was the only big thing that I could think of. Um, the review is going to be fun tonight. The review is going to be fun. Yeah, might not last very long, but the good oh, ones usually the... don't. <laughs> <laughs> so, without further ado, we will leave you to uh, Humphrey Bogart and the Maltese Falcon. I hope you enjoyed this review as much as we enjoyed watching the movie oh, and yeah. talking about it because. Just do me a favor, audience, take a look at this and think back to some Bugs Bunny cartoons while you're watching. You'll understand. <laughs> you will understand completely. Yeah. yeah. So off we go. Bye. Welcome to Old Ass Movie Reviews. This week, we are reviewing The Maltese Falcon. What did you think? I loved it. Um, it was good. <laughs> it, was, it was good. You know, this is only the second... Uh, Humphrey Bogart movie I've seen. Um, was this? I don't understand this? that. I'm sorry. I'm going to interject. I can't. My mind cannot wrap around that. <laughs> this is such. Sam Spade is such a great character. Oh. And it was my understanding. I watched this on HBO. So mm -hmm. they had a little, this guy come out and talk a little bit before the movie started. Yeah. Um, yeah. And new. I had. Yeah, that was really cool. And mm. it's obvious that they have really restored this movie. It is freaking gorgeous. Um, it is cleaned up. It mm -hmm. sounds amazing. It looks great. Um, yeah, yeah, it does. That was one of the things that got me is the cinematography, the use of the shadows, the lights, the highlights. Um, right. Black and white at its finest. And just the... When the camera pans out and you see the reflection of Sam Spade on the floor, yeah, it's like man, every 
noir movie, mm-hmm. even the, all the Bugs Bunny cartoons took from this character yep. right yep. there. And that was that was what got it rolling. And there's some neat characters in here. Um, it was neat to see Peter Laurie again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Joel Cairo. <laughs> yeah, Joel Cairo. Um, I, I after I saw this movie, maybe the second time I saw it, I went out and found a uh, collection of Dashiell Hammett books, and ah. the one of the stories was the same Spade, the the Maltese Falcon, and I read it, and I was amazed at what was in the book, but they kind they they gloss over. Mm-hmm. Uh some of the characters but I if you see that pay, but if you pay attention to the movements and the subtleties like of joel cairo they come straight out in the book and explain that he's a homosexual in i know the movie, uh, they just kind of like you can kind of guess it but yeah you're, you yeah. know you're not sure whatever and in the book they talk a little bit about maybe Joel Cairo and the Gunsel, um, the kid, I can't think of his name. Maybe they had a thing at one time. I forget what his name was. Yeah. But Wilbur, Wilmer, Wilmer. Wilmer, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, the book, for, for them to have done even what they did in the movie is amazing to me. Well, I, I just I, I just love that you have a character named uh, Mr. Gutman, and they call him the fat man. Gut man, fat man, <laughs> yeah. and he's this big, heavy set guy. That was that <laughs> yeah. was that actor, Sydney Greenstreet. I think Sydney um, Greenstreet, this yes. was his first movie. Um, yeah, and damn, I was shocked. Yeah. yeah, um, damn, this is John Huston's first directing. Mm-hmm. Damn, right, and he's <laughs> been around in Hollywood for a while. His, his dad, do you know who his dad was? Mm-mm. His dad was also an actor, but his father was the captain of the ship that walks in with the package. Oh, really? He, got, he, he, worked, oh, yeah, he wanted his dad to be in the movie with him. That's cool. For his first movie. So I thought that was really cool. That was and really what, cool. I, what they had said at the beginning of the movie, this is the third attempt to make a movie from the source yeah. material. And I've seen the other two. And Really? Yeah. The um, It was Satan... What was it? Satan... Satan had a lady or something like that. And then there was another, I forgot the name of the other one, but they were both basically comedies and they both do not resemble this at all. I believe whoever that. did them just, I have no idea why anybody thought that was a good idea to do them that way. Well, one of the things that they had said is John Houston insisted on Bogart. Yeah. And yeah. that's yes. Yes, absolutely. I can't see anybody else in that role. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. The, you, the the rumor that I had heard at one point was they um, shoot. I can't think of the guy's name. There was an old gangster actor who uh, always basically played a cop, or ninety percent of the time he kind of played a good guy. Um, but he was so deep in the mob, like he was everything that all these other actors pretended to be. Like, mm-hmm. He really, he really was. was. And I can't think of his name right off the bat. I'll try to remember it and, and uh, maybe maybe text it to you. But um, initially, I guess, they the Hollywood uppity schmuckity schmucks wanted this guy. And Houston was like, no, I think I want, I think I want Bogey. 
And the guy turned it down. He told him, no, Bogey's the guy you need for this. And he's done that. He had done that like several times for Humphrey Bogart. Like they'd want this guy and he'd be like, no, I don't want it. Go, you know who you should get? You should go get Bogey. And they, they, Bogey would always be like the second or third guy on the list. (laughs) And that's how he built his career was basically this guy saying, no, go get that guy or no, I'm not interested. But yeah, Houston wanted Bogey for this initially. And he did get pushback. He he got some yeah, pushback. It's crazy because he's he mm-hmm. is perfect as this. I have never seen this, but when I'm watching it, I'm seeing where things I like. And what well, the first thing mm-hmm. came to mind was Bugs Bunny would do this character. <laughs> and it's like yeah. that's where it came from. Even the way those old cartoons did with the lighting, the shadows, yeah. the yeah. I mean, they really, really played it up. Um mm-hmm. the the vernacular in this movie just cracks me up. And I meant to write down what he he had said that was just like what <laughs> but it's just the slang of the time and the, oh yeah I, yeah it I was love, really I love cool old, i love old nor slang you yes. know he calls the it's, guy a gunsel and it's like oh really okay and you find out yeah. that's a gunman it's a little punk gunman you know one of the things about this movie um i thought was really neat and you mentioned it about and i guess it's in a reference to strong female characters is mm-hmm. His secretary, who really is much now, I'm sure the book maybe goes into more detail with her yeah. because there yeah. is a story there with Effie. Yeah, um, a little bit, but I don't think they. Uh, there's no romance, like in the book. I don't ever remember there being a, like a romance between. Not necessarily them. romance. She just but took she, care of them. Yeah, but she was she was smart. Yeah. yeah, she was pretty, and he even makes a reference. Oh, you're a detective or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she is. In it, um, where I think they might have had a chance to gloss over because it didn't go very far, but you could mm-hmm. tell was his relationship with his partner's wife. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah there was a little bit about that. It was kind of missing, and I thought it was very odd that as soon as his partner, hey, spoilers, um, as soon as his partner <laughs> is killed, um, Miles, I think it was, Miles as soon Archer. as his, yeah, as soon as Archer was killed, I mean, almost immediately, I need the names changed on the door, I need the windows changed, everything. Yeah, and it's like they seem to get along, but there was something there, and I think all that was done maybe to to add this tension, and then it all came. It made sense when um, his ex, his widow, shows up, yeah. and it's like, oh shit, Bogey and her got a thing. Yeah, yeah, they definitely had a thing, but it would also, um, as the watcher. You see that you're like, wow, this guy's kind of cold hearted. Mm-hmm. You know, wow, he's really cold hearted. And the girl, his uh, his secretary, yeah, she just goes along. She knows him well enough to realize, you know, that this isn't anything personal for him. This is business, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, uh, and 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 she, she knows all his personal business anyway. Oh, yeah. it's very yeah. obvious. They are they're tight. They, you know. I like how he's trying to, he's getting ready to roll a cigarette and she comes in and sits down on the corner of the desk. She takes does all it. the tobacco and she, <laughs> she does it for him and gives it to him and lights it. And the whole time they're having a conversation. That is a like, great scene. Well, what do you think it is? What do I think it is? And then he asks her, well, they think I did this. They think I did that. Who do you think I killed? And she just laughs and she's like, you're taking this way too easy. You know, you need to, you, you know, you're not as smart as you think you are. You need to, you need to really sit back and relax and, and yeah. Basically, she's telling him you have to look at the whole picture. There's more going on here than either one of us could possibly imagine. And there was. And I think he takes all that in from her. Mm-hmm. And Effie is the perfect secretary. And I, she I, is. 
Yeah, she she's like that's the girl that you want at your front desk to make sure nobody gets in that you don't want to see. <laughs> As you had mentioned, just like Daisy in Demon Squad. Yes, yeah, and yeah. I I would say that that's where that actress got very the well for her character. That that's just a guess yeah. on my on my part. Yeah, because that if there's much more to Effie than just uh oh yeah, uh, yeah. here's your coffee, sir. There's you know. And I would I would recommend Dashiell Hammett to anybody who likes like detective type novels, um, especially for the time period. I mean, he uses the slang and he's one of the few guys of that time period that wrote the way people spoke. You, you know, like you can read that book out loud and mm-hmm. you're not going to trip over words because sometimes writing. Isn't speaking. And he did, he did both. Like he could write it as you speak it, as you would say it. Yeah. And that's, that's actually a challenge. And I've I've written quite a Mm -hmm. few screenplays is to make it, make a point to make your characters as real as possible. They're going to have to be speaking as you and I are, which means guess what? You're not going to have perfect grammar. Exactly. People usually have perfect grammar when they write, Mm -hmm. but when you're having a conversation, slang, dialect, just, whatever will work, work its way in. And so mm-hmm. to right. write like that, it makes it more real. And all these characters were, were real. The cast was great. I can't imagine oh. seeing this any other way. Yeah. This, this, this was a good, uh, it's, they, they say though that a lot of people say this is the first noir movie. This is the grandfather of noir. This is the movie that everybody looks to whenever they're mm-hmm. going to do like a, a black and white or a detective. This, I would literally bet money that the guys who made uh, Blade Runner looked at this movie and went, oh, yeah, that's what I want. That's the feeling I want. It's set in the future, but that's the feeling I want. I want that. You know, wow. Wow. I haven't watched Blade Runner in years, but instantly I see the whole setup. Mm -hmm. And early on in the first Blade Runner, like when it was released at the theater, there's a voiceover going on from Decker, Mm -hmm. which I prefer. I've seen the other versions where they take the vo- the voiceover out, and for me, it just it misses something. There's no, like they take they took something out of it that needed to stay there. Um, and I unfortunately, there's so many voiceover. cuts of that one. Yeah, yeah, it's and like, I, I actually have one of the original cuts here with the voiceover and everything. So yeah, I don't know which one I own, but I need to look that up. But yeah, um, I could definitely see how Blade Runner um, worked its way into that um, using um, that. For for anybody um, who hasn't seen the movie yet, this 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 movie, The Maltese Falcon, is about uh, Detective Sam Spade. Uh, his partner gets murdered. He has got to find out who murdered his partner. That's the whole whole point of this thing. He's been hired, and his partner were hired to protect a woman and find this woman's sister. That uh, she says is in the city. Well, in interim, Archer gets killed. Spade is trying to find out who the killer is. He finds out that the girl, the woman that hired him, doesn't have a sister. And at one point, they actually have a conversation where she says something to the effect of, I shouldn't have lied to you. And he says, oh, no, we knew you were lying. Yeah, but your money more than made up for it. (laughs) The amount of money you paid us more than made up for it. And that's a great line because both Archer and him both knew she was full of shit. Yeah. But she had a lot of money in that purse. Unfortunately, it cost Archer his life. 
It's not the money that cost him his life. Yeah. <laughs> it was his libido that cost him his life. <laughs> yeah. But uh and, and in the the whole point of the everything that happens, the reason it happens is there's this falcon, this jewel-encrusted falcon that everybody's looking for, and nobody has possession of it yet. And Spade, being Spade, has put all the little pieces together. He's got all the people coming in from other sides, from you know the other people that are involved, are trying to hire him to betray the lady that initially meets up with him. Mm-hmm. It's just a cross and double cross, and you're oh, trying it's, to find it's... out... You're trying to find out whether Spade's actually as bad as he seems to be, or whether he's a good guy, or whether he's what the heck's guy. going on. Yeah, and it turns out he's he's a great guy, man. He yeah. is that, and plus the cops are trying to hit on him to to you know lean in the heavy on him to try and mm-hmm. get him to fold, and he's basically telling the cops, the city attorneys, the mayor. Oh, oh yeah, that was a butt. good scene when he was with the yeah. DA. Yeah, <laughs> it says pretty he much, "Fuck you, I'm out." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I like how whenever he's he's going on and on, like I'm not stupid enough to you know turn myself in for yeah for the DA, the the chief of police, blah blah blah, and a stenographer. He goes, I'm not going too fast for you, my son. No, no, I'm keeping up. And the stenographer's just sitting there typing. You know, no, no, I'm good. You're good. But it's yeah. such a good movie, and when he meets Gutman for the first time, yeah, yeah, ah, that's a, that's a, a good. He was a good villain. He was a good villain. I mean, it was, it was, God, it was good. This, 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 I really, I really dug this movie. And it was the whole triple crossing back and forth. And you got to pay attention and you know, you know, the whole damn time that woman has been lying and she is involved. But when it all comes around, it's like, that's pretty damn slick. And I love, I love Bogart's reaction to her. Oh, Um, yeah. Oh my God. Yes. At the end, where's, I hope they don't hang you by that pretty neck, but if they don't, I'll be waiting for you in 20 years when you get out. Mm-hmm. And it's like, damn, dude. He, you know, he's like, I like you. We could, we could hit it, but uh, you're oh, either yeah. going to hang or you're going to be locked up for 20 years. I'll wait for you. <laughs> if, if they don't hang you, I'm still, I'll still be here. If they do hang you, well, I'll get out with my life. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, the, yeah. the whole thing is, she's like, "Well, you never loved me." It's like you, you know, you never, you were never honest with me. Number yeah. one, number yeah. two, he goes, "I'm going to tell you something. Whether you like your your partner or not, you, you, when your partner's murdered, you have to find out who murdered your partner." Yeah, you know, and then he goes on to this long. It's like one of the most famous monologues in all film history. It's been probably recreated in some form or another more than once where he's just telling her why his love for her isn't enough for him to betray not only his friend, but betray himself and his own moral code, which is, you know what? He even tells her, how do I know that you're not going to use this against me? If I, if I do, if I do go ahead and and throw everybody else over and and save you, Oh, no, no, you're not going to use this against me. How do I know you're not going to shoot me in the middle of the night one night? You know, exactly. It's just, it's such a great, yeah, great play between the two of them. Marion Astor, Marion Astor, right? I think um, so. Was such a great villainess in this. Yeah. Oh, she was so good. She played it up so well. 
And here's another, here's a prime example of um, when you and I talk about, and I know they didn't show after the code came out, they didn't show breasts in, in uh, films and love scenes really for the biggest extent. But there is a scene whenever he turns out to light and he leans into Aster and he's looking out the window at the guy, the, the gunsel below. Yeah. And then it fades to black. And then it's the next day and he's, he's kind of skipping into the hotel to mm-hmm. go meet uh, Joel Cairo. And you know, they had, you know, they made love that night. Yeah. You know, they had, they had sex, but not, nothing gratuitous. Nothing. They, they basically said fade to black. Okay. Next day. Yeah. There it, is it well done. Well, the, the, there's really no language. There's really no violence. Mm-hmm. That's no heavy violence. No. Um, no. This Joe Cairo around like a little girl. Yeah, oh, that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> that I was told funny. you not to slap me. You'll you'll take a slap and you'll like it. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. I you know I, that's all I can say. Um, it was good. Uh, as far as with, since you've had me watch two critically acclaimed movies of Casablanca and this, oh, um, so good. I like I like this better, um, but not I can by see much. That. I can but not by much like because like Casablanca is to me such a freaking masterpiece. Mm-hmm. But this was this was just good. This was fun. This was they're two completely different. Yeah, movies. they're very different. You get a different mm-hmm. feel. But you're looking at two two classics. They deserve every bit of respect and accolade oh, yeah. that is given to yeah. them. Um, so I highly highly recommend that people watch John Huston's. Maltese Falcon with Humphrey Bogart. Definitely, definitely. Um, The slang in it, the 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 fact. I I think everybody for for me, and this is always like, uh, uh, was always a good thing for me. I always caught this, and I always loved the the dichotomy or, or the play between the two characters. Was Humphrey Bogart, Sam Spade, and Effie, his secretary. It was always. The first time I saw it, I was like, that's brilliant. I mean, there's nothing there except respect for one another. Mm-hmm. You know, he, I, I've always wanted, and I know this was horrible to me, but I always wanted to see like another Sam Spade movie where Effie is put into some sort of danger. How would Sam Spade have reacted to that? I'm thinking Sam Spade would have reacted very violently to anybody who put the screws to Effie. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? I so. And I, I would have liked to have seen that movie. Yeah. Where, where Effie found out something by accident or, or what have you. And she had to be saved by Sam Spade. Yeah. For me, that, that was always a, a movie that I always wanted to see. I wonder if, I always wondered if Dashiell Hammett had any more stories for Sam Spade. As far as I know, Probably. he just did the one. I could be wrong. Well, um, what I what I like, um, and, and just and this is the writing of the female characters. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of times, when you watch an older movie or even newer movies, right. the, the female characters are weak. They're they're ignorant. They're mm-hmm. they can't get anything done without a man. Mm-hmm. But if you take a look at Effie, and I can't think of her name, the villainess in this. Um, well, they Astor's changed changed her name so many times, but I think the last yeah. name she had was O'Shaughnessy. O'Shaughnessy. Yeah, I yeah, the but first, I forget first two names. Two, first two names, yeah. <laughs> Those are great, well-rounded, mm-hmm. deep characters who are very independent 
And mm-hmm. it's just neat to see that something 1941 All right. is busting stereotypes to an extent. Right. And, and, and I like to see that. And you can say, you know, I'm not, and I'm not trying to go on a rant or anything, but it's like, here it was in 41. They were hitting it. No, I get it. What the hell's the deal now? (laughs) The difference is I don't think they were trying to prove anything in 1941. And there you go. And just the Um, same way nobody expected to be a big deal that Sigourney Weaver turned out in 1977 to be a a superstar. Um, Badass. So, and that's Linda Hamilton, all of that. None of that was done to, hey, we're going to put a woman here and do this. So it's it's nice to just yeah. see something. Yes, these weren't the main characters, but they were not, um, they were not just your regular Betty Crocker women. The, yeah, right. The, the actress that played Effie, um, very little screen time. I mean, altogether, mm-hmm. maybe five minutes. Yeah, maybe minutes. a little more, but not much. Yeah. yeah, I'll say 10 minutes on the outside. But I remember minutes. her the most. Because she was such a good character. She's a yeah. solid character. She, I'm telling you, man, if you're a guy or a woman and you want a secretary, Effie's the secretary you want. Somebody who can keep a secret and do what she's told when she's told to do it without giving you an argument and doing it for your good. And yep. more than once, she basically pulls Sam aside and says, Look, man, you got to take care of yourself because <laughs> yeah. you see it and you can see it in Bogey's acting. His yeah. character is getting ready to go do something crazy. He's going, mm-hmm. he's getting ready to go to the mattresses. He's getting ready to pull his guns, basically. And yeah. Effie's like, You got to. Yeah, she reeled it back something in. Here. Yeah, she, she'd be the one that, that he'd listen to. Like if Miles Archer was still alive, he wouldn't have listened to Archer in the same, same respect. No. Effie's no, because keeping him grounded. Like, look, you, this is going on. You have to be very careful. And he's like, like, oh, I, okay, Effie, darling. You know, you're right. Yeah. I even got a feeling, though, at the beginning of the movie, which is about the only time we see Miles, is mm-hmm. there. you can sense attention mm-hmm. or something with Bogey and that character. You, yeah, just, you just sense something is off. And it's like, right. and then you see it. And it's like that's that's a testament to their acting. Yeah. For both of them to play that scene and everything the way they did, and you still sense that something because I didn't know he was about to die. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that was gonna happen. It's like, oh, oh okay. yeah, I didn't tell you anything about this movie. <laughs> no, I and I'm glad you, you did. Like, it was I should say I was hoping that you'd like it. I'm very happy that you did. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's it's uh it's a great fucking movie. It's a great fucking movie, man. <laughs> fucking movies are fucking great. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, there's just so many Norish, Nor moments in there that have mm-hmm. become the standard. Like, if you're yes. gonna go do a movie and you're gonna be like, "Oh, I need this, I need this to be more like a 1940s, you know, black and white," you're gonna go look at this movie. You're gonna go look at Casablanca. You're gonna go look at um, what is the one uh, to to live? Shoot, I, I'll have to find the other one with uh, him and Bacall. Um, ah. I forgot the name of it, but it's really good. He plays another detective. Uh, it's, it's, I'll, I'll get the name of it. You're going to love it. Right. Yeah, um, I will definitely check it out. But uh, like you see these movies and you see what they do. And there's, like you said, there's not a lot of swearing. There's no swearing at all. No, I don't uh, think there but is. There's not a whole lot of violence. Maybe a punch and a, and a swat. Yeah, it's, it's, it's minimal by face. today's standards. Yeah. But the story, the story is so fucking solid. It's not even yeah. funny. The the writing, John Houston's writing in this was great. I, and yeah. I had read at one point that 
he had never read Dashiell Hammett. He knew of Dashiell Hammett at one mm-hmm. point, but by the time this movie was coming around, he he knew basically the guy was a good writer and this and that, but he had his secretary. Now, this is something I read years ago. He had mm-hmm. his secretary, who was basically his Effie, read the book, make notes page by page, like this happens on this page, this happens on page two, this happens on page three. She basically like made notes, blah, 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 blah. He went back, read her notes, and started writing the script. And then he read the book. So like he was he was doing like several things all at once. Because he wanted to make it his and and without being overly influenced. But one of the things that they said um, on HBO before the movie came on was that he, unlike the other adaptations, Mm -hmm. Houston decided to keep the actual dialogue that was in the book. And that's I think that that makes a big difference. Well, if you I think you'll probably wind up reading some Dashiell Hammett. And whenever you read, if you do decide to read uh, The Maltese Falcon, he did a great job. I mean, there were some things that he had to leave out because of the well, yeah. time. But yeah, man, what he left out was just stuff he had to leave out. But yeah. he still hinted at like whenever you read it in the book, you see it in the movie. You know, and I'm sure yeah. that back then in the 40s, whenever you guys were watching this movie, I'm sure they picked up on everything. Like, I'm sure they picked up that that Joel Cairo was was gay and that the. Um, mm-hmm. Wilmer was gay and the fat man was probably gay. Like, I mean, everything was just like, and everybody was betraying everybody. And you don't really see a lot of this until you read the book or you, you've watched the movie a couple of times. You are like, right. Oh my God, the, the acting in this is so subtle. It is. It, it is. And it's so solid. I mean, everybody's so good at what they're mm-hmm. doing in here. Uh, oh, really man. good. The, the guy who plays Wilmer, he's a, Shoot, I can't think of his name right now, but he was a big time actor, big time like character actor. And he, man, he was character acting well into the eighties. Oh wow! Yeah, well, well into the eighties. But I love the the scene where he's got the guns on him in the hallway, and he's walking <laughs> behind him, and then Bogey like pulls his jacket down and locks his arm right. like around his hands, <laughs> takes the guns away from him. He says, "Go ahead, knock on the door. This will put you in solid with your boss." And he's yeah. got a hold of the guy's guns and he, he hands guns to the fat man and says, "Here, maybe you shouldn't let your your what do you say your toddlers play with guns?" Something, something like, like that. Yeah. It's like, oh my god, it's so funny. And the kid is just the guy who played the kid, Wilmer is just. You can see his anger, like he's just like, oh yeah, angry. because he just kept hammering on him, and then they made him their patsy, yeah. and it's like, oh my god, yeah, they just never, never stopped. Um, it was, yeah. it was good. A lot of fun, obviously, was had. Um, yeah, yeah, good movie, all in all. all so I'm glad all. you so, liked it, man. I'm very happy that you liked this movie. Yeah. So that's your final thoughts. It's a definite. It is a definite. Always watch, man, and watch anything with Bogey in it. The yeah. Treasure of the Sierra Madre. We're gonna have to do that. I, I've, I, I've, I will definitely watch. I think I've watch only seen more. that once. But you, uh, you seen anything good lately? Um, I started watching something the other day. What the heck was I watching? Uh, I probably just went back. I'll, I'll fall back on my my usual um, British sitcoms. Oh, okay. After the summer wine. Yeah. But uh, I haven't watched any uh, big movies lately. I watched a couple of cartoons. You know, Scooby Doo mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah, good stuff. The good good stuff. Always, always good. good. Always stuff. good. But yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty much what I've been doing. I've been reading some books. I started reading a Ten Cent Plague, 
about the comic book scare from the 50s. Ah. Oh, back, very back interesting. They, yeah, back when they started force, enforcing the uh, comics code and why. Right. And did, just weird, man. It's just like you, you read this stuff and you're like, crap, nothing's changed. Yeah. Well, speaking of <laughs> comics and code, um, I do believe we have heavy metal coming up. Heavy metal. That'll work. That'll work just fine. Yes. Good soundtrack, man. Good cartoon. Oh, excellent good soundtrack. soundtrack. I can listen to pretty much every song on there. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's it's solid. It's absolutely and, solid. Um, so we'll be going into that. The only thing I've been watching lately is um, I've caught up with Loki. Um, mm-hmm. Here's my take. It is a great Doctor Who show. <laughs> <laughs> it's everything I wanted in Doctor Who. Did you look at it and go, why didn't Hiddleston just become the doctor? He should have. Is he yeah. British? Yeah. Well, then He's we're British. done. He's either we're British done. or Australian. I guess it doesn't really matter. I don't think it matters for them as long as he's over not there. American. <laughs> not as American. Long as he's not an American. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. But uh, no, dude, it is the story setups, everything. It is, it is fucking Doctor Who. I don't care what anybody says. I watch really? that and say, this is Doctor Who that I like. That's funny. That's funny. Yeah. As long as you can look at it like that. It's like whenever I watched the um, um, the Scorpion King, mm-hmm. I, was, I watched the Scorpion King and I was like, Conan. It's Conan the Barbarian. It sure is. It's King Conan. It's when he takes the uh, throne. So, yeah. yeah, I see what you're saying with the uh, with the Doctor Who. I yeah, it that. is definitely Doctor Who. And, and, and it's not just that the fact that there's time travel. It's... The way it's done mm-hmm. and the character developments, um, Owen Wilson is great in this, um, and Hiddleston, and I can't think of this other actress name who plays a lo- variant of Loki. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a alligator Loki. There's a lot okay. of variants. Okay. And An alligator Loki. Take it is what they're opening up? Um, yeah, there is actually a scene with about 40 different variants of Loki, <laughs> but the alligator one is the best. He is the best. It is so fucking funny. See, uh, <laughs> to me, to me, it should have been a frog. Yeah. But, you because know, or was a frog and we can, we can get really weird with Loki. If you want to get into the Norse mythos of him, mm-hmm. um, giving birth to the world snake, the world serpent and having sex with horses and stuff like that. So, I mean, a crocodile Loki does not face me. He's <laughs> just a strange, he's one of the strangest gods out there. Very he's much so. just a weird God. I mean, yeah. yeah. So the show <laughs> itself has been good. Um, and his character has taken quite an arc and it's, it's going mm-hmm. to be interesting to see where they end this. That's cool. Um, but yeah, it's been good. So next week, join us for Heavy Metal. Heavy Metal. Down. It has been many, many years since I've watched the Yeah, it's been a while. The movie. Yeah. Wow. So until next week. I'm gonna enjoy this.